0: Good evening, it is 5 p.m., and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective Christina Lori, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zayden Vergara, Katrina Johnston, and Mia Lettinen. CFRC's news programming is also brought to you through the support of the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University, and What'll Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm Christina Laurie and here are your local news headlines. In new programming from the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, the Winnipeg General Strike take a glimpse into Canada's past with Michael Dupuis, a city brought to a standstill by the unwavering determination of its workers as post-war labour demands, politics, industry, and violence came together. Be transported back to the pivotal Winnipeg Strike with historian Michael Dupuis In an upcoming program with Kingston Frontenac Public Library, which will unravel the motivations behind the strike, shedding light on the perspectives of both the strikers and employers and the political responses at various levels of government. Canada was a changed nation after World War I, but the path ahead was unclear, says Jake Miller, librarian. Michael Dupuy will show how the Winnipeg General Strike, which ground Winnipeg to a halt from May 15th to June 26th, 1919, put Canada's anxieties, hopes, and shortcomings on full display and impacted labour relations for decades. This is a great opportunity to learn more about such a crucial historical Event. This event takes place at KFPL's Isabel Turner Branch on October 14th at 2 p.m. Registration is required and can be done at calendar.kfpl.ca. The presentation is based on Dupuis' book, Winnipeg's General Strike, Reports from the Front Lines, and The Winnipeg General Strike Ordinary Men and Women Under Extraordinary Circumstances. KFPL has these books and more of Dupuis' works available to borrow. Just following the 26th annual Limestone City Blues Festival at the end of August, the downtown Kingston Business Improvement Area announced this week that this year's festival was the last. In response to a dip in attendance over the last few years, many changes were made to breathe new life into the final festival. This was explained by Jim McDonald, Artistic Director of this year's festival after wrapping.
1: We've been noticing, and not just as a result of COVID, but as a result of changing demographics that our audience was getting a little bit smaller sort of year after year. And what we've noticed is that the average age of our audience is definitely, you know, blues fans tend to be 55 plus. Uh, So the number of people who were coming out to the festival was decreasing little by little each year. And then of course we had the impact of COVID. So people in, in that age bracket were less likely to come out to events where there were a lot of people. So we had some brainstorming sessions last fall with stakeholders, not only our staff, but our board members, some of our business owners and people in the music industry, just to chat about what we could do to make the festival new and interesting to a younger demographic. While the festival
0: successfully drew in a larger and more diverse audience, it was announced that this innovative edition was actually the last. This chapter coming to a close was also mentioned by McDonald as she anticipated the conversations the BIA would have just after the festival.
1: Uh, we're, we are um, having serious planning sessions this fall to look at the future of not only the Blues Festival but other festivals and events that we do. Um, you know, everything has its time and its place, and. Uh, I'm certainly not saying that the festival will go away, I really don't think it will, but I think it will likely morph into a a little bit more of a music festival as opposed to a traditional blues festival.
0: While the Limestone City Blues Festival has come to a close, in the same announcement, it was also revealed that the BIA is currently planning for a new music festival set to launch in 2025. This festival will have a broader lens, including more genres than just blues, but it will maintain the same mission of providing a large-scale music festival in the heart of downtown Kingston. For the second year in a row, an art show featuring the work of indigenous local artists has been set up in the Fireplace Reading Room in Stauffer Library at Queens University Campus. This installation is part of the events planned by the university leading up to the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation on September 30th, 2023. There are currently approximately 25 artworks by 10 different local artists on display in the Reading Room on the second floor of the library. There are works in various mediums, including traditional paintings, jewelry, scriptures, and beadwork designs. Kaya Mongrain, the artist who created a painting entitled Never Gone, Always Remembered, featured in the exhibit, described the message of her work, stating, quote, I created the piece thinking about all the parents who never saw their children come home from the residential schools, that even though many of their children have passed on, the relationship, that love, will never truly be gone, that those children will always be remembered, end quote. Students and community members can visit this display in Stauffer Library and participate in Queen's University's events for the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation until Monday, October 2nd. All classes and academic activities are suspended on October 2nd to observe the day. Queen's students are encouraged to display or wear orange on Monday, with orange shirts designed by Kingston-based Indigenous artisan and designer Jalen Cardinal, available for purchase on campus, with a portion of the sales donated to the Orange Shirt Society. A Sacred Fire will also take place at Agnes Benedictson Field at 1pm on October second
2: good evening everyone my name is Zayden Vergara and it's time for your CFRC sports preview it was a record-breaking weekend for your Golden Gales Queen's men's football was on the road against the York Lions. During the match, Jared Kasari ran for 286 yards in a program record five touchdowns as Queen's football snapped their two-game losing streak with a massive 87-0 road win over the York Lions in North York, Ontario. Kasari now holds the Queen's football single-game record for touchdowns with five and his 286 yards on the ground against York on Saturday are second all-time in Queens football history in single-game rushing yards. On Saturday, men's rugby faced off against the Guelph Griffins. It was a physical match as Queens would find themselves fighting to catch up to the Griffins. However, in the final moments of the game, the Griffins would put up another two tries, ending with a final score of 34 to 17. During the game, Queens, in honor of National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, were wearing specially designed jerseys for their game. For a deeper dive on football and a feature of men's rugby's jerseys, stay tuned for the CRC Sports Desk at 530
3: Thank you Zayden. Hello, my name is Erica Singh, and these are your campus news headlines for the week of October 2nd. In a bid to enhance student participation in AMS elections, in-person voting will return to campus on February 6th and 7th, 2024. The AMS believes that offering students an authentic voting experience will encourage them to take part. A designated room will be provided for in-person voting with students required to present their student ID cards. This change aims to improve accessibility for all students, recognizing that not everyone has internet access at home. Online voting will still be available as an option, and the AMS is working on incentives to motivate participation, including the chance to win an Apple Watch and coffee vouchers. Next, good news for residents of Roy House at Jean Royce Hall Phase 2 on West Campus. Running water has officially been restored ahead of schedule after a 22-day ordeal. A faulty sanitation pipe had led approximately 40 students without access to essential facilities such as toilets, showers, and sinks. While students on the second, third, and fourth floors are getting back to normal, those on the first floors continue to be affected due to an ongoing construction, and they have been relocated to other residence buildings. Although some residents face challenges during the construction, They expressed their gratitude to the hardworking workers who managed to complete the project ahead of schedule. Students with ongoing concerns related to the construction have been encouraged to report them to staff. In other news, student loan debt is becoming a significant hurdle for recent graduates looking to purchase homes in Ontario, according to a study sponsored by the Ontario Real Estate Association or OREA. The study, which polled over 1,500 Ontario post-secondary graduates aged 20 to 44, found that 42% of them are contemplating leaving the province in search of more affordable housing due to student loan debt. On average, each graduate had $14,500 remaining in student loan debt, but nearly 70% agreeing that this debt makes it harder to afford a home in the future. The study revealed that buying a home was the primary delayed decision for graduates, with many opting to live with their families instead of renting or buying new homes. While this may be seen as a financial reprieve by some, it raises concerns about the housing market and the inability of older generations to downsize. Tim Hudak, the CEO of OREA, expressed concerns that the dream of home ownership is slipping further out of reach for young people in Ontario due to a lack of new affordable housing infrastructure. He also fears that this difficulty in buying homes may lead to a brain drain, as educated graduates leave Ontario in search of more affordable housing. The OREA has submitted recommendations to address the housing affordability crisis for graduates including increasing the grace period for student loan repayment and exploring the concept of turning student debt into home equity through a first home savings account. Despite these challenges, experts encourage graduates to not give up on the dream of home ownership and believe that better solution may be on the horizon. That's all the headlines for me today.
4: bring you the weekly traffic report from September 29th through to October 5th. We are first going to be starting off with road closures. On King Street from Place to Arms to the Tragically Hip Way, it will be closed October 2nd from 7am to 5pm for a crane to work on the cooling tower at the Leon Centre. Also on King Street, from Place to Arms to the Tragically Hit Way, it will be closed October 5th at 12.01am to October 6th at 2am for the Wiggles event at the Leon Centre. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until December 22nd for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Centre project. And now we will be moving on to other delays in the city of Kingston. On Bath Road at Queen Mary, expect delays for the Utilities Kingston Nets project. On Princess Street from Collins Bay to Bay Ridge, expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and traffic signals along Princess Street. Please note that one lane of traffic will be maintained in each direction at all times on Princess Street. And on Sir John A. McDonald Boulevard at Johnson, expect delays for the installation of a new high-pressure gas line for Utilities Kingston. And finally, on Westbrook Road from Princess to Windermere, expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and road rehabilitation. This was Kat bringing you the Weekly Traffic Report from September 29th through to October 5th. I hope you all have a lovely week. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for October 2nd through to October 9th. Have an event you'd like to be covered on our website and news programming? Contact us via cfrc.ca today. October 2nd marks the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. All classes are cancelled. On October 2nd is the Indigenous Good Minds Night. Come and hang out by the fire, watch TV, study, play board games, bead, and take part in structured activities. These activities change bi-weekly and refreshments will be provided. This group is only available to Indigenous students and is located at the Four Directions Indigenous Centre from 4 to 7.30 p.m. Also on October 2nd is the Sacred Fire at Agnes Benedictson Field at 1 p.m. in regards to events under the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. On October 3rd, we are bringing together all the events and marketing people at Queen's to brainstorm network, collaborate, and share resources. This brainstorm event is to build community and grow your network by meeting people across campus. This is a drop-in event from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Grad Club. On October 3rd is the Indigenous Drumming Circle. Do you know the many benefits of drumming? In addition to community connection, drumming can improve stress management, mindfulness, motor skills, and so much more. Join the 4D team for a casual weekly drumming session. No experience is necessary, and we have many instruments to share. This is only available to Indigenous students. It is in person from 1 to 2 p.m. every Tuesday at the Four Directions Indigenous Student Center. And then also on October 3rd is the Weekly Fun Run. This is a social event open to runners of all ages, skill levels, and backgrounds. New runners are always welcome, and meet outside 5.30pm outside of Lululemon in downtown Kingston every Tuesday. On October 4th, come pet Oscar our fluffy golden retriever's St. John's ambulance therapy dog, and meet his handler John. Drop in at any
5: point during the hour. Now it's time for your upcoming concerts, the week of October 2nd through October 8th. On October 2nd, catch BC band Yukon Blonde at the Broom Factory, presented by KPP Concerts. The show begins at 7.30 with doors at 7, and tickets are $25 online now. Also on October 2nd, catch Chris Murphy from Turpin's Tale playing the club RCHA from 7 until 10 p.m. Tickets are $5 at the door. Also at the club RCHA, catch Tom Savage and friends for Tom's Tuesday Afternoon Happy Hour Jam from 4 p.m. until 7 p.m. It's free. Now, there is two open mic nights happening Tuesday, October 3rd. Uh, There's one at the Royal Canadian Legion branch. It's an open mic and dance where you can bring your instruments to play, sing, or dance, and it's $2 to get in. There's also an open mic night happening at St. Larry's Pub that same night, presented in collaboration with Music and Digital Media, as well as the Musicians Guild, and that one is free. Whether you want to catch some great drag performances or you're ready for the spotlight, check out the Open Stage Drag Show this week. Wednesday, October 4th at the Grad Club. From 8 p.m. until 10:30 p.m. and $5 to get in, it's hosted by Rowena Way. Also Wednesday, October 4th, catch cowboy junkies at the Grand Theater. The acclaimed Canadian band is celebrating the release of its such ferocious beauty LP. The show is from 7:30 until 10 p.m., presented by Paul Merck's Concerts, and tickets are online now for about $70. Into punk or death metal, catch the Carnival of Death tour featuring lots of different bands at the Overtime Sports Bar this Wednesday, October 4th. The show is from 5 until 10 p.m., and tickets range from $35 to $40, featuring bands Cryptopsy, Abysmal Dawn, Visceral Disgorge, Reaping Edosnia, Warforged, and Salem Trials. If sing-along favorites are more your style, check out Scott Paul Mater at Spearhead Brewery that same night, Wednesday, October fourth, from seven until eight p.m. for free. That night at Blue TD, the Royal Jam, Kingston's rock and open mic night with host band Rough Mix and MC Renee Vermette. It's free to get in, and it's taking place from nine p.m. until close. On Thursday, October 5th, KBS presents Al Lerman playing some great acoustic blues at the club RCHA. The show is from 7 until 10 p.m., free for members, but $15 at the door. Moving on to Friday, October 6th, you will not want to miss this one. KPP Concerts presents Ready the Prince, The Roams, Fools of 07, and Gilgamesh at the Broom Factory. The show is $15 and takes place from 7.30 until 10 p.m. with Doors at 7. That same night, catch Juno award-winning folk artist David Francie at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. The show is at 7.30 on Friday, October 6th, and tickets are ranging from $35 until $42 online. Also featuring guest Tara Spencer. Catch Eras, the monthly dance party and drag show at Something in the Water Brewery this Friday, October 6th. The show will take place at 8 p.m. and is free until 9 p.m., then $5 at the door. Also hosted by drag queen from Kingston, Rowena Way last on october 6th you can also catch brian flynn and andrew van horn at the tiernanog playing traditional and contemporary celtic irish and scottish covers they'll be there from 9 p.m until midnight and it's free to see the show And Saturday, October 7th, catch Smokin' Roosters at the club RCHA, featuring Randy Fowler and Jamie Cameron, playing everything from Patsy Cline to The Clash. They'll be there from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m., and it's $5 at the door or free for club members. Over on Wolf Island, Saturday, October 7th, catch Sweet Pete and the Heat, a collective of local musicians who love dirty and funky blues music at Hotel Wolf Island from 7 until 10 p.m. Tickets are to be announced in price and will be available online soon. Back on the mainland, Saturday, October 7th, catch The Dwindles, an indie pop band from St. Catharines, Ontario, playing The Mansion at 9 p.m. with Doors at 8 Also, October 7th, catch The Last Call band playing a great night of live music at the Royal Canadian Legion Branch 560 from 8 p.m. until midnight. Doors are at 7 p.m. and tickets cost $10. Now on to some concerts on Sunday, October 8th. At Hotel Wolf Island, Megan Aversa danny sheenan and nat russi are playing a sunday matinee show you don't want to miss from 3 p.m until 7 p.m the show is 15 dollars or pay what you can over on wolf island at the mansion that same night october 8th surf hat is playing some indie surf rock from the west coast at the mansion the show is from 8 p.m until 1 in the morning and tickets cost 22 dollars available online now and finally, next Monday, October 9th, Cowboys in the Campfire and Pastoral Papillion play the mansion for $25 from 9 p.m. until 12 a.m. They're going to be playing some great American music and some soul. And those are your concerts for the upcoming week. To find more information and information about campus events, check out cfrc.ca.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's Local News Programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. Dear listeners, as you may have heard, Meta, which owns Instagram and Facebook, is blocking Canadian access to all content created by news providers, including this radio station, in response to the Online Broadcasting Act. Access to local news and information matters to everyone, and while radio stations use their airwaves to keep you informed, we also use social media to share local news, events, and initiatives, and even content about our upcoming programming. We need you to write your MP and convey your concerns. Learn more and find a letter template for your MP on our website, cfrc.ca. Thank you for your support.